One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, we're coming right back in for another edition of the Scolders Podcast, weekend edition here. Uh, looking forward to some games here. Recapping a little bit of an odd week, um, but uh, let's just jump into it. I'm Ed Broadmarkle, your host with me as always, Mike Anderson. How are we doing tonight, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. Doing good. We're about to get some snow here in the in the, the cities here, so, you know, doing a little late Cyber Week shopping here, Mike, right? Looking for a snowblower. Yeah, yeah, yep. snowblower and among other things, you know. You never know what you need till you see it. It's true, you know. You gotta just you gotta go out there and see the sales, you know. Like you know what? I don't, I I don't have those three shop vacs, but you know maybe I might need three of them. I don't have that laser measurer, you know. So get two, you know, get two. Right, right. Anyway, to get back into the football here, um, that we take a little look around the league as we usually do, kind of see, uh, kind of. Some of the weird things that are happening in the league, um, and just jump into Packers recap and then uh, New England preview. So let's just jump into it around the league. Um, Seattle is having a little bit of a resurgence here late. Um, one thing I didn't really predict, but I think in one of our early shows you predicted uh, them to make the playoffs and it to be pretty much as a result of Russell Wilson's play. So um, anything here that's surprising you that you didn't see out of those no. guys? No, not I mean, yeah, that was in our our preseason prediction show. Um, you know, that was my MVP pick, and and I thought that Seattle would sneak in as a wild card. And um, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes is probably going to take away the uh, MVP situation for him. But right now, I think a lot of people you you could argue him at least being second. You know, right there with Breeze and and whatever else, especially after Breeze' performance. Um, the other night here which we'll touch on but um yeah i mean not not a major shock for me it's just you know pete carroll really uh, has the team playing together as one they've lost some guys uh still this year and um just just managing to to keep a team of a lot of unknowns together and, and play the way they have i think really speaks volume to volumes to russell wilson um if you listen to the podcast you know he's been a, a favorite player of mine for years um, I just like the person he is, the work eth- ethic, and and just uh, I don't know. I I still will say that's a guy that I just would love to avoid ever playing. Um, obviously, we're heading there next week, and it's it's always a battle. He's just he's a he's just like one of those gamer guys, right? You know, right. it doesn't matter what Seattle's record is. Uh, he's just he's coming to play every single week. And it, I, this was blocked on Twitter. I, I put this out uh, basically when they started this little resurgence here a couple weeks ago that uh, Pete Carroll and his coaching tree is one of the best in the league. And I think it, that speaks volumes. Kind of what you're saying. They're, they're, they're always seem to be in contention no matter what the situation. Like you said, they've lost a bunch of guys on defense. Their O-line is perpetually even worse than the Vikings, it, it seems. But yet they still seem to always be in the conversation. They still seem to always make these late pushes. And that's due to the coaching team. Now, say what you will about them, player acquisition, player retention, that kind of thing, but 
Um, the coaching staff is getting every single drop of talent and effort out of these guys, and that's something to be commended in the, in this league. Yeah, I you know it's it, Pete Carroll is one of the guys that some people absolutely hate and will refuse to acknowledge. Like, oh, you, you know, he's a good coach. He's he's a good leader, and and certainly he has some baggage that comes with him, whether it be from USC and and scandal and whatnot, and. Um, deciding to pass and not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch to win their second straight Super Bowl. And um, he's kind of a polarizing figure, I guess, if you will. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've seen, you know, good morning football on the same level. Like, exactly what you're saying. You know, this is a coaching performance that by that staff, unlike we've seen in quite a while. So, um, you know, it's, it's just I think it speaks to the staff as a whole. Um, that they're able to take an environment that appeared to be a bit chaotic, certainly this off season, um, and just the way they've handled it. You know, they've they've got a lot of new players, and and uh, they had a lot of veteran players, and and now it's all kind of coming together, and it really looks like they're going to end up being a team that's going to sneak in. You know, poss- uh, actually, really a possible opponent um, for Minnesota, depending on how how things shake out in the first round. Absolutely. Um, we'll touch on that a little bit later here. The Vikings' chances with the division. Uh, jumping over to another division opponent, Trubisky has been hurt the last couple of games. Sounds like uh, Chase Daniel is going to start against the Giants. The Giants have had a couple of good games of late, so can the Giants possibly do us a solid here and kind of take a take a win away from Chicago? Uh, or is that Chicago defense just a little bit too much for the Giants to handle at this point? Hey, um, no, I mean, I think anytime you've got the weapons of Odell Beckham Jr. and and Saquon Barkley that, um, you know, there's always a chance that they can, you know, win that football game. They can put up enough points, especially when you have Chase Daniels, who, you know, you might only need 17, 20 points to beat a Bears offense led by Daniels. Um, So And they they could easily get that on a couple plays. Yeah, you know, Beckham, we've seen, he can go against the best in the league, um, and he he still has the ability to get behind guys and, and Barkley has been unreal this year. Um, so I, I personally with Daniels at the helm, I think that's going to be a football game going into the fourth quarter. Um, you know, the problem is the giants are possibly in a little bit of, I'm not going to say tank mode because you know, that I think it's a little early to, to make that statement, but all of a sudden with Dallas winning the other night, um, you know, that, that division, there was a chance, like say the Saints beat Dallas um, and, you know, Washington loses, Philly loses again. I mean, all of a sudden the Giants still like mathematically, we're still in that terrible division, but um, I don't know. I think when you got gamers like, like Barkley and, and um, Odell, you know, they're, they want to play. And, and I think going up against a talented team, knowing that they're a good, a good football team, that um, it's something to build off of for next year. Right. Because, the Giants aren't that far off is what, you know, we've talked about it many times. If they can get a quarterback in there, uh, maybe add another piece or two defensively, you can see the weaponry that they have, um, and, and they can be a, a relevant football team, certainly in the NFC East. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's that far-fetched. I think the Giants can be in that football game, and uh, let's hope they can get it done. Yep, uh, it's it's about the best chance we're going to have it. It's stealing an extra win off Chicago here before we play them in Week 17. Um, Chicago then goes to play the Rams, which... That's going to be a difficult game for them. If Trubisky's back, it changes it a little bit. It sounds like you know he's on that trajectory. We'll, we'll kind of see how that works out. Um, and then just the last one around the league here. 
Dallas beating New Orleans, we touched on that just a second ago. Just a, a kind of boring game if you like offensive scoring, but to me a very interesting game of how Dallas is on defense and, and how they were able to stop these guys. They're just quick to the ball, and it, maybe that's the blueprint to beat New Orleans is just be sound in your keys. And, I mean, the Vikings did this to a large extent, not quite to stifling effect that Dallas had. Um, so I, I don't know, is there anything special these guys did, or are they just that quick on defense that we just haven't realized it yet? No, I think they were quick. I think they tackled. Um you know, and, and I think also they didn't beat themselves, which is what the Vikings did against the Saints. Um, so, you know, you, you saw them frustrate that offense. Um, they were very uh, – Breeze had a couple throws to Thomas where, um, you know, the DBs were able to bat that ball out at the last minute, even, you know, where he's almost bringing it in as a catch. And they were really great in those situations. They tackled well. Um, and it just, you know, they, they played one of the, it was one of the better defensive performances, I would say, um, of the year, certainly in the NFL. So, um, you know, that's the thing people get, it, it's kind of been frustrating for me and we haven't really talked about it, but you know, national media and, and all these shows that, you know, you and I as big football guys, it's like, they're on all the time in the background or whatnot. And people are acting like this, the, you know, the saints and the Rams and the bears are these, these almighty teams and they're, there's so much, so many levels above all these other things. And then, you know, it's been, they've been so close to losing a couple times. And it's like, it's frustrating knowing how the Vikings have lost the games they've lost. And it was kind of fun for me to watch a Dallas team come in and, you know, take care of this unbeatable Saints team that everyone had as number one in the power rankings. And right. At the end of the day, the NFL, these are, for the most part, there's a lot of good football teams. And on any given night, anything can happen. So, um, I think, I think it was an indicator of of maybe what's to come here in the final six weeks of the regular season. Right, not only the final six weeks of the regular season, but the playoffs this year. I feel as long as you get in the dance, that I think the NFC playoff picture is going to be a complete, absolutely wild ride. That's going to be full of games that are close and games that just get completely tilted the wrong direction. You didn't even think, just because, like you said, just any given Sunday, some of this weird stuff can just start to happen. Right. Right. All right, we're going to do a little bit of a packet recap here before we uh, hop into New England. Um, Kicker Watch 2018 is still back on, Mike. I'm getting tired yeah. of kickers missing kicks here. This is getting a little bit stupid. Yeah, uh, what it? What did he have? It was like a 51 and a or a 52 and a 48 or something like that. Is that what they were? I forget, but yeah, that sounds about right. A little bit. I mean, so a little bit longer kicks. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's. It's frustrating. Uh, I I don't know what else to say. Um, I, it just seems like there's some sort of curse on, and I, and I get they're close to 50 yard kicks. So what do you do? But well, in come playoffs, you need those points. And in, in in games against some of these better teams, those have to go in. You know. Well, I mean, you look at you know what was it last year, the year before? He's leading the league or second in the league in accuracy. And he comes here and he starts missing some of these kicks that he should be making. Like, yeah, they're longer kicks, but he historically hasn't been missing those at the same clip. So I, I don't know what it is about Minnesota. I, I don't know if it's something that uh, the, the holder is is doing something just minutely different because that's what he's being coached to do, and it's just all these kickers just can't quite figure it out. I don't know what the hell is going on, but we need to win a damn Super Bowl with, like, 
zero kicking to exercise that demon to get that curse off us. Because right now, it feels like any kicker we bring in here, no matter who the hell it is, is going to start missing kicks. Yeah, I mean, you know, so he he was uh, three for three on extra points. You know, uh, he did make his whatever thirty yarder. Um, I don't know. I get, I get the frustration. Trust me, I do. But it's it's weird in that if Bailey were to line up for you know anything under forty right now, I'm still pretty confident that it's going in. Um, it's just. I mean, definitely when you get a little bit, anything over that, you know, it's it's concerning. And I, I don't like that uh, at all. But um, I do still have confidence in those 40 and under, um, which I guess at the end of the day, as long as those are going in and, and he can, you know, figure out what's what's happening long, you know, from longer field situations. Uh, we still have five or six weeks. It hasn't cost us via Bailey yet. Um but now you're in a little bit of a stretch run where you can't like this week, for example, um, you know, we're not going to be able to afford a missed kick. I don't think on the road uh, right. in New England, they, you know, and I don't even know. Maybe Zimmer's not even going to attempt it at this point. Well, like, um, like you said, in, in halftime there is like if we get missing kicks, I'm just going to be more aggressive and just go for it because you miss a kick right. or giving it to him at the 40 anyway. So if we can't consistently make those at a clip that's that's reasonable in our favor point wise. Just go for it, and if you pick it up, great. Then you have a better chance of winning the game. If you don't, well, then you gave it up if you missed the kick anyway. Right, yeah. No, I mean, you might see a little bit more aggression from uh, the Vikings, you know, in those short yardage situations or if they, they have a read that they like. Um, the defense, you know, which I'm sure we'll talk about here, is it started to really come on over the last four games, games especially in the second half. Um they've basically been a lockdown, shutdown defense in that second half. Um, so, you know, maybe you do mix in a, a little bit more aggression. And, I mean, to me, kicking's always been kind of a confidence and get on a roll thing. So, I don't know. I feel like you almost just have to let him keep kicking, you know, at, at some point. And, um, again, he did make, you know, four kicks last week, three extra points, um, missed a 48, it looks like, and then missed a uh, – I don't have the other one on here at the moment, but uh, 56 was the other one that he missed. So, well, um, you know, th- those, it's like, I don't know. And and if you recall, I think, I think he actually made the 51 and then Rashad Hill had the false start and then he missed the 56. Here's, here's what really bugs me about this. I'm fine with those misses if it's outdoors. You're indoors. There's no freaking wind. 56 though. Still, you're indoors. Make the kick. Here's the question. Okay, and actually, now that I recall, I thought the Rashad Hill uh, was questionable. Um, Well, there was was also a penalty on the 56-yard that would have brought it back five yards. That should have been called. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm not that worried about it. I get, yeah, it's everyone else in Minnesota. But I think that, for the most part, if this was any other team in the NFL, um, you know, a guy missing a 56 and a 48 in a week but making his four other kicks – you know, this isn't even a talking point, um, but the history that we have with kickers here, you know, it's it's a, still a major concern or whatnot. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes out of it. Um, last note here on Packers recap. Uh, Rudy was finally heavily involved and heavily targeted and uh, picked up some nice chunk yardage to make uh, some third and manageable, some, some second and shorts, so we can kind of open up the playbook a bit more. Um, 
hoping to see more of that. Uh, any idea why that hasn't happened yet this season, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, we've been talking about it every show, it feels like. I've been trying to preach more Rudolph, more Treadwell. Um, you know, more non-Diggs, non-Thielen. And I get we've had games where those, you know, Thielen's open, Diggs is open, and that's fine. But I think that last week was a great indicator that some of these other players are open quite a bit. Um, and they're open for a significant yardage. I mean, you saw Rudy constantly picking up six, seven, yeah. eight-yard chunks. And I think that maybe Cousins had a little bit um, – you know, I don't know statistically if, you know, how much time he had compared to other games, but I think that there was maybe just a little bit more composure last week. Um, sure. And, oh, hey, boom, there's Rudolph, you know. Um, I kind of felt that way. So, you know, maybe it's maybe it's sign of signs of things to come that, you know, he maintains that composure a little bit um, and is able to find that next read and get that ball to, to an open receiver or tight end in this case. All right, well, let's just roll on into New England uh, preview since we're kind of uh, talking about rolling forward. Uh, switching over to defense first. Um, starting off with the talking point I had to send Deo to the IR. So, uh, obviously, he's missed, I think, the last three or four weeks, something like that, with the groin injury. I think it was four. Yeah. Um, so, for me, he's possibly played, probably more than likely played his last game in purple unless he takes a significant gap. Uh, cut do 5.5 million in 2019 zero left guaranteed on his deal so to me that that screams he's gonna be gone next year um i, I don't know your thoughts on this if if who we have coming in place of him is good enough kind of where you at with that yeah i mean i i would agree with you i think that uh there's no way that at that five and a half you know you bring him back so um i, I think he had a hell of a run with us and and turned into a you know, a quality football player for Mike Zimmer. And, you know, and, unless there's some sort of a restructure. Um, but even at that point, I, I don't know. I think with the way that, you know, Harris has played and, and maybe Ioka, um, you know, I'm not sure what they'll do, but I, I have a feeling that, you know, next year he's going to be wearing a different color. Absolutely. Um, like, like you said there, Harris has played very well in place of him. That's kind of who we had slotted as the up and comer um, in now, place of. Is the Harris? Do you know off the top of your head is is Harris um, signed through next year or is he a free agent or you know? Um, I'm looking that up right now. I'm not. I mean, I don't know what his. That's one that I don't really recall. Um, you know what we did there or what we've. Of what we've been doing on a year-to-year basis with him. Uh, okay, so last year, Harris was an exclusive rights free agent. So I believe that means next year he will be a restricted free agent, so we can uh, do that. There's a whole tender thing with him. Um, so in that case, he'd probably do maybe a second-round tender, which would be $2.3 million, something like that, if you, if you choose not to ex- extend to him a longer-term offer. So you'd be looking at right around that two and a half million or so for the year, um, with the second round tender. Now, I don't know if that's wise because I think honestly he's playing at a level where someone would offer him a contract and give up a second round pick for that. So yeah. maybe you just go to him and approach him with basically what we gave Sandejo when we gave him that kind of four year, sixteen million dollar, that four million a year range. 
I, I think would be about perfect for, for where he's at. But we'll see how that shakes out. I, I think it's definitely someone they want to retain going into next year. I, I would agree. Yeah, 100%. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that breaks down. Um, obviously, J. Ron Curse is also another option at safety. We, we've been using him more as that money back a role in the slot. So I like that. I like keeping both just for that reason. But we'll see how that shakes out. we got we got some time to figure out how that's going to go. Um Second note here on defense, Rhodes, after what looked like a pretty bad injury, looks like he's going to play now. Uh, maybe not, I don't know. Looks like it's going to be a game-time decision type deal. He's questionable, correct? I, I think that's what he's officially tagged as. So, to me, I don't, know, I don't know if you, if you even start him. Uh, I mean, the fact that he's not on there is doubtful. I, I think it sounded like he's going to go through a walkthrough um, in the morning and kind of, you know, see how it feels, but... I mean, if the, the staff is not concerned about him making the injury worse, um, I don't know. I think if he can play, you know, he's got to play. Here's here's what I say, this, and this is why I say this. We've seen injured roads play. It's not anywhere near what, in my opinion, what you could get out of Fulton Hill 100% healthy. Yeah, but and, I worry about a Holton Hill versus Tom Brady type, you know, especially if that involves Holton Hill on Josh Gordon. Well, Tom Brady this year doesn't look like the normal Tom Brady, to be honest. So I'm less worried about that factor of it. The thing I, I look at is if if you're looking to make this strong pay, playoff push and you know you need Rose healthy, we're dealing with a hamstring injury here. All right? I don't know the severity. I don't know if it's even the same type that we're used to dealing with. But we saw how that sideline delving for an extra couple weeks because he re-injured it. So my thought is... Maybe you don't start Rhodes. You you can still use him sparingly, but you don't start him, and you let Holton Hill see what he's got. And if things start to break down, then maybe you say, okay, Rhodes, you got to suck it up and get in there. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, I don't know, interesting to see, obviously. Um, right now, I, I feel like he's I'm planning on him being out there. So um, I understand where you're coming from, uh, but I also think, you know, Brady November or Brady December um, in New England, you know, it, it just I think to have as many weapons as we can uh, would be <laughs> would be helpful. Yeah, but I, I can certainly see that side. It's just personal preference on my end to see when we ever see whenever we see injured Rhodes and how it performs. But we'll see how that goes. We'll see how severe that injury actually is on Sunday. Yeah. Um, third note here: How to stop Gronk? Um, well, yeah, I don't know how we match up well against Gronk. He, he seems like he's back this last couple of weeks. So how do you at least slow this guy down? Because like we said before, you can't really stop some of these guys. How do you slow him down? No, I mean, and obviously I think a lot of Viking fans are concerned with, um, you know, we've struggled against tight ends, not only this year, last year. Um, it's it's something that we've talked about many times, and we don't really know. It's It's – are we not scheming for them? Are we just, you know, I'm not sure. But um, I think Gronk obviously being one of the big focal points of that offense, uh, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Are they going to have Harrison Smith, you know, line up against him? Are, it, does a does a physical tackler like Curse uh, make more sense, you know, with a little bit of speed and physicality? Sure. Um, you know, I, I don't know that you can do the bar um you know, the bar Kendricks, I'm not sure that that's really the best option here, especially with the pass catching backs that they have. Um, you know, this, this is, uh, this is an interesting one on, on how you go about, 
you know, targeting Gronk. Um, and I, I'm honestly not sure what they're going to do. I think my preference would maybe be Curse initially. Um, okay, kind of see how the, it goes, yeah. Yeah, just because I, I like the versatility of Harrison Smith. Um, so I think if you can, you know, you put Curse on Gronk a lot of the time, you're going to allow Harrison to disrupt in other areas. So um, whether he's blitzing or helping or, you know, whatever he's doing, doubling, um, I think he brings a little bit more to the table. Um, well, he does bring a lot more to the table than Curse outside of that one-on-one matchup. Um, so that's that's where I'd like to see, but I'm not sure what, what Zim's got in store for Gronk. We'll find out, um, you know, Sunday afternoon. And I'll, I honestly wouldn't be surprised because it's been a kind of a staple of the Zimmer defense. The first quarter, first half is typically used as kind of a, what's flex, what's kind of, we'll, we'll let you get some stuff. We're kind of going to let the net stretch a little bit. To kind of see what you're doing, to see how we want to change and align to that properly. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple different strategies in the first half. And then that second half adjustment kind of taking what we found out, how they're using them, how they're trying to react to what we're doing, and put the clamps on that second half, like like you said earlier in the show. Um, I think it's been a, a pretty consistent staple of this defense is we clamp down in the second half. So as long as our offense can stay competitive in this game, I think we're going to have a good shot going into third and fourth quarter taking this game home. Yeah, no, um, I, I'm with you. I feel I feel good about this game. Um, I think it's going to be another situation where the Vikings just, you can't beat yourself here. Um, you can't have that clutch turnover that we've, we've had in these big games. And the way this defense is operating right now in the second half, I think, you know, try to put a couple, you know, touchdowns on the board in the first half uh, to ensure that you're, you know, staying with them uh, right. and then let the defense do their thing in the second half. Right. Uh, so before we flip over to the Vikings offense, do one final note on the New England's offense. Um, we got to get pressure with our front four. So what does that what does that do to New England, and is that ever effective at uh, shutting down or slowing down Brady? Yeah, Brady Brady tends to get extremely frustrated when he's getting pressured, um, and especially you know he's he's a little bit older now, obviously still operating at a very high level, but he does not like to get hit, and uh, I mean nobody does, but they really try to avoid the pressure on him, um, and I think that that front four of the Vikings if they've got the ability to, to create their own pressure, it's just going to allow um, a little bit more help, you know, to the receivers that are out there um, and kind of limit Brady's options. So ideally that front four can generate enough pressure on its own to really frustrate him. Uh, and he tends to struggle at that point. So um, I think that front four and we, we do our typical, you know, mix in some different looks and blitzes. Um, but I think definitely getting to Brady is going to be huge. Uh, you know, trying to get him frustrated. Get him frustrated, get him off his spot, and uh, as they say, you know, it, it all starts back there. It all starts in the trenches. If you, if you can get pressure on the quarterback, everything gets easier. Yep, yep. All right, so on the offensive side of the ball, for me, I think the Green Bay game was probably one of the best called games at eliminating the effect of the pressure, and maybe that's part Kirk Cousins was settling down more. Maybe that's... Uh, part the the plays were designed to be quicker and get the ball out quicker so for me continuing the, the green bay game plan is kind of key to make this offense move like we know it's capable of thoughts on that 
Yeah, um, I, I, I think I really liked, you know, overall I liked the play calling um, last week against the Packers. Um, I think you'll see a similar style, I would agree. Um, I do think we will have the ability to run uh, on this New England defense. They've given up uh, 100 yards of rushing six times this year, and they've given up over 153 times. Um, so, you know, to me, that's that's some fairly significant uh, rushing that they've allowed. Um so I, I look for Dalvin to get it going. Um, I'm hoping that between him and, and Latavius that we can get up to that 20 carry mark. Um, Vikings have a pretty good record this year when they've got 20 rushes in, and and I'm really hoping that through the pass game, you know, we kind of can establish a, a running game as well after that. And, uh, you know, it seems like the last two weeks we've, we've really tried early on, and they get close to getting that first down. Um, on that first second drive and it's like third and one and they just don't quite get it um the one week actually i thought that they almost should have challenged because i thought we got a horrible spot but um you know i think just breaking through and and really trying to get a little bit going on the ground um it's just going to help you know it's going to help cousins it's going to open things up and and uh i think allow us to control that game a little bit more i really want to win the time of possession in this game um i think that if we win the time of possession uh, it's going to result in a W um, on Sunday afternoon. So knowing that uh, the Patriots are, are very skilled at scheming to take away uh, certain pieces of the opposing team's offense, how do we plan to get around that? I mean, is that trying to get more of this, this screen and flats game going like the offensive line excels at? What What do we do if they completely shut down Diggs and Thielen? Well, I mean, so that I think that, that circles back to – uh, Rudolph Treadwell, um, you know the Jets tried to do that a little bit, and and uh, we ended up throwing 37 points on the board. Um, now, granted, I think we had a defensive touchdown that game, um, if I recall. But uh, you know, I think Aldrick Robinson might have had a touchdown that game. Um, so I think you just utilize the other weapons, and and you know, I have full faith in I have faith in Treadwell. People, okay, uh, deal with it. I know he had another drop last week, but. I still think that the guy is going to make some big catches for us down the stretch. I said it all year. Um, and he's continually put up three ish catches a game. Um, and typically they're, they're big catches. So, uh, maybe it's Treadwell, you know, that comes out and has a nice game. Maybe it's, maybe it's Rudolph again, but I think just, just having cousins have faith in these other weapons. Um, maybe Dalvin gets involved a little bit more in the passing game. Uh, you know, against Green Bay, I think we saw him catch the ball, I don't know, three or four times on that first series. And since then, um, you know, obviously he, he scored last week on that uh, on a pass play, but uh, we haven't seen a lot of it. So maybe we get him a little bit more involved. And it's just utilizing these other weapons. Uh, I personally don't know that that's going to be their strategy to take away both Thielen and Diggs, but we'll see. I definitely think it's possible, given what we've seen from from Belichick and company, um, that they somehow find a way to scheme both of them out. But I, I'm kind of with you there. I think they're both too good to be able to take away each one of them. Someone is going to get loose between those two. Um, but like I said, I, I think this this offense is as loaded with weapons as uh, New England's is. It's just a matter of can we take advantage like we know we should be able to, and which Kirk do we get? Do we get... Um, the Buffalo Kirk, or do we get the the Rams Kirk? Right. Yeah. Uh, it's we cannot turn the ball over um, in this game. Now, 
can you get away with one? Probably. I mean, typically there's, you know, a turnover or two throughout an NFL game, but you got to be on the right side of it. Um, you know, early on, New England had the ability, or New England turned the ball over quite a bit. Um, since then, they've really cleaned things up. Uh, you know, they've they've really tried to be more efficient. Um, and I think you see the, the stronger teams in the NFL as you get later in the year uh, do that. You know, they, they know that they cannot turn the ball over. They clean up the play, and, and certainly New England every year gets it rolling in December. So, um, yeah, you're going to need – this is why we paid him the money, though. You know, that's – this is – because you got to just have faith. He's going in um, – I don't know. It, it's almost like we shouldn't even look at it week to week. You just have to trust that he's going to be – he's going to play at a high level. Um, he's going to make the throws. And we shouldn't necessarily need him to go out and win us this game. Uh I don't want to say that he just can't lose it, but if he just goes out and plays at a Kirk Cousins level, we're going to be fine. All right. Um, I, I tend to agree with you there on all points made. Um, just be yourself, Kirk, and just don't try to force stuff. It seems like he's he's still kind of in the Washington mode where he doesn't have this defense that can back him up, so he was trying to force a lot of this stuff. And maybe he's now just starting to settle down and understand that, no, he doesn't need to hit every single big pass. He can get by with just um, just doing his itself and just giving what's taken to him, um, taking what's given to him rather, uh, and just letting it flow like it should and not trying to force things. So, so maybe that's that's the formula going forward. Is, is now he's finally starting to realize that, starting to realize this defense is good enough where you can trust them to get a stop if you need it. Yeah. No. Uh, I would agree. I I think. You know situationally there can be times where you need to try to force the ball into a spot um but let's hope we don't get into that situation a um and b i think you know if you if you truly believe they're going to take away Diggs and thielen just you use the resources you did last week go to rudy you know go, use some of those big targets um don't be afraid to don't be afraid to scramble that's another thing uh you know we saw a little bit more of that last week and i think that that will be an opportunity for him as well Right. Um, and just, yeah, just just play a smart game, and we're going to be fine. All right, Mike, any last items here before we get into predictions? Um, I, I think Josh Gordon is going to actually be a, a key thing in this game, um, especially with Rhodes' status up in the air. Uh, I think if Rhodes does not play, that Josh Gordon could pose an issue. Um, I'm not sure that I trust any of our corners uh, against the Josh Gordon. People tend to forget how elite of a receiver he was and I think is still capable of playing. He's become more and more comfortable in this New England offense and uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, I, I think that Gordon is an X factor that could really pose problems uh, come Sunday afternoon. So got to make sure we keep him in check. All right. Um, so with that said, I think that wraps up New England. Let's go right into our predictions here, Mike. What are you predicting yeah. for score? Minnesota at New England in New England haven't beat them in New England since 2000 yeah um so right now I I just I think the defense is is rolling I I think I tweeted out over the last like four or five weeks they're they're giving up an average of just over three points in the second half um I think that speaks to Zimmer and the adjustments that they make at halftime and you know New England I don't think they're the New England of of old right now I mean, they are old. <laughs> uh, certainly Brady is. But 
Um, I really think that we're going to be able to, to frustrate Brady. Uh, I think the defense will come out and and really play a complete game again in the second half. Um, and I look for this to really be a building block going forward. And I'm not going to take us in a dominant factory. or I'm not going to take us to go ahead and, and dominate. Uh, but I'm going to say 20 to 13. Uh, Vikings end up getting the road win out in uh, New England in December. A rare, rare thing. Um, you know, I, I'm on the same same page as you here. I think I think the defense right now is playing just so lights out that they'll get they're going to be able to shut down Tom Brady enough. The key to me, like we said, is what Kirk shows up and how clean are we on offense. If we can stay clean on offense, like like I know we can, I think this game ends up being 21 to 18 Vikes, um, close due to some late game heroics and stuff we're giving away, but. This game, I don't think, is ever going to feel out of hand for the Vikings. I think we're going to get up a little bit early and then just start to, to kind of pour it on in the second half and just get up a couple possessions there late. So the defense is continuing to stifle uh, opponents. All right. Yeah. Next game, Mike. Arizona at Green Bay. Arizona at Green Bay? Uh-huh. Uh, well... I mean, I guess I'm going to take Green Bay at home. Um, I won't be shocked if they lose, but uh, I can't pick against them with still something to play for. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and take them at home. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. It's a, it's a tough place to play in December. Arizona is a warm weather team, so I don't see them coming in here and really shocking the world there. Uh, Green Bay is still not that terrible that they're going to lose to Arizona. It's certainly possible on a given Sunday, but I think Green Bay is favored by 14 points, so that should be fairly fairly in hand for them, I would assume. All right, Mike. My pick for this week is Chargers at Pittsburgh. Okay. So, I like it. For me, I think the Chargers right now are a sneaky good team. We, we've, we've said this all year long. Chargers are a sneaky good team. Joey Bowles is just starting to get back and get in the flow of things. Uh, Pittsburgh has not been winning games convincingly recently. Um, they've lost a couple. They probably should have won, you know, all things considered. So I think the Chargers go into Pittsburgh this late in the season, and they, they get a gritty win. Wow. All right. No Melvin Gordon? Won't matter. Won't matter. All right. Um... I'm going to go, you know, I think Antonio Brown loves to play prime time. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's frustrated after a, a tough loss last weekend. Um, so give me Pittsburgh at home. Uh, Big Ben bounces back. Antonio Brown, big game. Uh, I'll take the Steelers at home. Take the Steelers at home. Okay, Mike, what is your game to pick here? I'm going to go I'm gonna go again prime time. I'm going to do Washington at Philadelphia on uh, on Monday night. All right, break it down for me, Mike. What, what, who are you picking? Man, it, ugly game, right? You know, you've got Washington that's now, what, Colt McCoy-led. Um, you got Philadelphia that is trying to stay relevant at, at five and six and just a weird division. Um, I'm gonna, this, this feels similar to kind of the Arizona-Green Bay for me. I'm going to go with the home team. Eagles are tough to beat at Philadelphia. I don't know that I've got the faith in McCoy right now, so give me the Eagles at home. 
you know, I think for all those reasons you just listed there, I mean, Eagles at home, if this was at Washington, this might be an interesting game. This might be an interesting football game. But um, at Eagles is a lot tougher for uh, a backup quarterback to come in and play. Because at home, like I said, you got the crowd noise on your on your side. You got all the things going in your favor. But away game, I think it's just a little bit too much for them to overcome. So I'm right there with you. I think it's Philadelphia that's going to win this one. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a tight game, though. This could very easily be a tight game going into the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think a lot of these, even Arizona, you know, uh, since Arizona made a coaching change there, um, the emer- David Johnson has really emerged. He's become a bigger bigger piece of that offense. Um, and and that's another team that, I mean, they're not going to lay down, you know. Uh, they've been putting some points up. So, you know, if Green Bay thinks they're going to just overlook them and, and walk in and win that football game, um, you know, that, that game might be close as well. Right, yeah. Like, like I said, I think that game's going to go in the fourth quarter with it being relatively within reach of, of Arizona. And, you know, who knows? <laughs> they get a couple of breaks. They get a couple of lucky tipped passes and, and interceptions. That game could completely change on us. <laughs> you, never, you never know. Right. Yeah, no, uh, I'm with you. Final thoughts here, Mike, on uh, Vikings at New England. You know, wrapping up a, a kind of a a weird week in the NFL. Um, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Treadwell gets in the end zone. Treadwell in the end zone. I yeah, like it. Which I, the second TD of the year, I think maybe. Um, I don't know. It just feels like one of those weird games. So, uh, yeah, give me Treadwell with the TD, and uh, I'm just gonna. That's that's gonna be what my my parting thought is. I'm gonna say we get a pick six. I think that's my parting thought here. Yeah, I think. I, I think mean, the, def- I, I, the, def- the defense shows up and gets us at least a score, but I think it's gonna be a pick six. I do think that you're gonna have a decent sack number at the end of this game. Um, I will say that I do think they're gonna have success getting to Brady. All right. So. Well, uh, I think that'll wrap it up for us here today. Um, it's going to be a, a tough battle. It's a tough little road sled here for the Vikings in the upcoming couple weeks. We'll have more on that, uh, I'm sure, after this game. But we're facing off against our most important opponent because it's this week's opponent, New England. And let's go in there. Let's let's take a win. Let's see if we can get some help from the Giants and get back in the conversation on the division here. Um, Absolutely. So, again, Scolders.com, that's where we're at. Part of the Climb in the Pocket Network, ClimbingThePocket.com. I'm your host, Atnamok7. Muskie underscore Mike. We're on the Twitter. Go, go interact with us there. I think we're both constantly over there. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to be it. Um, Skull Vikes, let's go win this one. Yeah, Skull.